Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Holly Cox about her Wishes Collection wedding at Walt Disney World. I thought you guys would be interested to hear about how she chose the Wishes Collection and how she planned the event, and of course, how everything turned out. So welcome, Holly. Hi, how are you doing tonight? Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'd love to start at the very beginning and find out how you guys decided that you wanted to be married in a Wishes Collection event at Walt Disney World. I have pretty much always wanted to get married at Disney World. Um, <laughs> when I was in high school, um, my cousin sent me the Disney Wedding website because she really liked the music that they had on there. They had Disney songs with the classical version. So we used to go on there to listen to the music, but in turn, I saw the amazing Disney weddings that were happening, and it kind of planted a seed. And then when I met my husband and we started dating and I knew he was the one, I tried very hard to plant that seed in his head as well. So then I, what I say is that I helped him to get his Disney training wheels. So my family had always gone to Disney World, and we loved Disney, and he really hadn't. And he traveled a lot for work. So I would go visit him in these awesome places, and he knew I loved Disney, so he would take me to all these Disney places. So we went to Disneyland, and we went to Disneyland Paris, and we went on a Disney cruise. And I think it's kind of funny because he didn't get to Disney World until we went on our site visit. So that was his first trip, but he just knew from getting his Disney training wheels that Disney was amazing and that he really did want to have a Disney wedding because it would be awesome and very unique. So then we were able to do the Disney wedding. And then as far as how we picked the wishes wedding is I did a lot, a lot, a lot of research to try to figure out if we could even pull off a Disney wedding. So I researched everything in Disney World and offsite and here in Colorado to see what we could do. And I came across the mini wishes package. And that was perfect for us at the time because we knew we had too many guests to go for the smaller packages, but we didn't quite have the budget for the wishes wedding. So when I heard actually on your podcast, that they had a mini wishes package, which unfortunately is gone now. And that's very sad. Disney, please bring it back. <laughs> um, but we were able to pull off a Disney wedding because we could do the mini wishes. That's awesome. So how did you guys decide on the ceremony and reception venues? So because I had done all of that research, 
I had looked at so many pictures and I knew that Epcot was the place we wanted to be. We love Epcot and we love early entry. And this was kind of like the ultimate early entry was to get to do your wedding in Epcot with all your friends and family and no one else is there. So I knew I wanted to do Epcot and we knew it was between Italy, Japan, and Canada. But I kind of wanted something that was more secluded because even though there aren't a lot of people in the World Showcase, there are still some people that are wandering around. So I thought Canada was perfect because it's kind of tucked back away and it has such a beautiful backdrop with the waterfall and the trees and it has that beautiful garden where you can take the pictures. So we picked Canada and then we knew we wanted to stay in Epcot for the reception And we love the Living Seas Salon. When we went on our site visit, it was just so cool. We walked in and this giant stingray just swam right by. And and we just knew (laughs) that was the perfect place for us. And they always look like they're smiling, too. So he was probably welcoming you. (laughs) Right? I think Disney sent him. (laughs) Now, how did your friends and family react when they found out where your wedding was going to be? So my family and friends... They kind of expected it because I had wanted to have a Disney wedding for so long. And I think they actually would have been disappointed (laughs) if I didn't have it. So they were really excited. But I really wasn't able to plant that Disney wedding seed into Maurice, my husband's family's brain, because (laughs) we weren't really engaged when I was starting to do all of this research. I was just very hopeful. My now husband actually proposed to me on the beach on the 4th of July under the fireworks in California. And the next day we went to Disneyland to celebrate. And when we came home, his mom picked us up from the airport and we were talking about our trip. And I had asked her when Maurice was younger, did they go to Disneyland or Disney World? Because he couldn't remember. He was very young. And she said Disneyland, and she said, oh, he was lucky he had his aunt and his dad, because if it were for me, I would have never taken them. I hate amusement parks. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. So then I was like, oh, no. And then her next, her follow-up question was, oh, well, when are you planning on uh, getting married? Do you have a date? And I said, well, (laughs) it's funny you should ask that. Um, because we were considering getting married in Disney World next fall. (laughs) Then she looked at my husband and she said, son, what have you gotten yourself into? (laughs) (laughs) I think pretty much every mother-in-law says that to their son, no matter where they're (laughs) getting married. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's probably true. But we had a good laugh about it, although I was kind of nervously laughing. And then she said, no, in all honesty, If that's where you want to get married, we'll make it happen. So um, from there, it was on, and his whole family was very excited, and he has a lot of little cousins that were very excited to go. So they were great. They, I love to plan, and they had me come over and have planning meetings and help them with their trip planning. So it, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Did you ever consider Disneyland because it's closer to Colorado, or was it always Disney World? 
Well, actually, one of Maurice's groomsmen had suggested that because Maurice was always on board for the Disney wedding, but he was just a little nervous how his family would react and if they would be able to travel and if his groomsmen would come. So before he even proposed to me, he sat down with one of his groomsmen and said, you know, this is where Holly wants to get married and I think it would be really awesome, but would you come? And he had kind of, he said, of course I would come. That sounds amazing. But then he had kind of thrown that out there. Well, what about Disneyland? But I don't know. I just, we've always gone to Disney World. And I guess maybe Maurice also gave me some training wheels because I had never been to Disneyland until I started dating him and he was in California. So he took me there and we had a lot of fun. But just Disney World is, is where I wanted to be and Epcot is just so amazing to have a wedding. So so I didn't really consider it, but it was brought up. That's great. <laughs> so now with you guys living in Colorado, how many guests made the trip? Do they mostly live out there with you or were they spread all over the country? We actually had people come from all over the place. So we had, well, we had a total of 56 people make the trip. And we actually had 58 that were going to come, but two people were stuck in Texas because of Hurricane Harvey. So they, last minute, they didn't get to come. But Disney was really great. They actually, even, I warned them that it might happen, but they said, well, let's wait and see. And it was within, I think, four days of the wedding that I could definitely tell them, which is past the cutoff date. But they worked with me and they refunded the money for those two people and then we were even able to get their trips refunded because of the hurricane so that was great but yeah we had 56 people make it and we had a lot of people come from Colorado but then we had a lot of people coming from New Jersey because my dad's originally from there so all of his family came from there and we had the groomsmen coming from all different states and we even had cousins that came from France so it was pretty cool. Wow. So you had your ceremony in Canada, your reception under the sea basically. Did you guys have a theme that incorporated those or was it more just colors or a feel? Since my husband traveled a lot for work, most of our dating was done long distance and I made a lot of trips to go see him so we kind of dated all over the world. So we made our theme to match that, and we had a travel theme. It was a lot of fun. We had table names that were places we had been together, and then we had a picture of us in that place and, like, a little kind of souvenir from each place on the table. And we had little place cards that matched the table names, and we had little sailboats (laughs) that held the place cards. And let's see, we also had, our guest book was an atlas, so that was fun. And we had little chalkboards um, that said, like, where in the world will you be sitting? And please turn to your favorite place and leave a note for the bride and groom. And then we had a really cool one that was the distances our guests had traveled to be there. So that was kind of fun. That's great. Did you guys add a dessert party to your day? 
oh, I really wanted to add a dessert party and listening to your podcast, it just sounds so amazing to be able to do the dessert parties. So me with my research, I was researching and trying to figure out how we could do it. And when we went for our planning session, my wedding planner said, well, maybe instead of having a rehearsal dinner and a dessert party, you should do your rehearsal dinner like instead of the dessert party. So instead of desserts, she said we could do a simple pasta dinner and it would be affordable. So I was so excited. And I said, oh, if you can make that happen, I'll love you forever. (laughs) And so she said she would send me the information. But when she sent it to me, it was still pretty pricey and I couldn't quite wrap my head around paying that much money for a simple pasta dinner, even though the location would be amazing and the fireworks would be amazing. So what we ended up doing was we actually went to the beach club and we had our rehearsal dinner at Cape May, which has an outstanding buffet. And it was actually cheaper per person to go there. And we had, you know, not just a basic pasta dinner, we had an amazing meal. And then we walked from there after dinner into the back of Epcot. And we went around the World Showcase and got margaritas in Mexico and went on the rides. And and then we found a place just outside of Norway to watch the fireworks from And we had the most amazing night. So that worked out well. And during my research, I had actually emailed the wedding planner to see, like, is there any way you could just hold us the spot (laughs) for the fireworks? And she said, well, they do a thing called a magic moment. But that's really something they only do for the couple. And they can't really hold a spot for 50 to 75 people for fireworks. So then later in the planning process, I emailed the wedding planner like, hey, remember how you said about that magic moment? So then she said she'd look into it and she was able to get us a spot on our last night for my husband and I to watch the fireworks from the UK pub side. Nice. Yeah. So that was really magical because we walked around Epcot and we revisited Canada where we had our wedding and he kind of showed me you know what they did while I was taking pictures and I showed him what I did while he was so that was pretty cool and then we went there and they actually took us past a group of people that were standing at the UK pub site I guess and I thought we were just going to be standing with them but they took us past them and through a gate and then we were at a table by ourselves And they gave us little Mickey glasses, which I had never used before, but they're really cool. You wear them, and then when you look at the fireworks, you see little Mickey heads. It sounds kind of weird, but it was super cool. And Maurice kept saying, oh, why don't they give these to everyone? This is amazing. (laughs) I do think they'd make a killing if they sold those in the gift shops at Epcot. I think so. They were awesome. We're saving ours and bringing them everywhere with us. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Well, can you give me a timeline of how your wedding day ran? Yes. So because I chose Epcot and I had the brilliant idea that the ultimate early entry into Epcot would be fun, 
I had a wake up call at 3.45 a.m. Wow. <laughs> so that was early, which I know I'm not the only one. And actually listening to your podcast, I learned that what you say is that it's just one day um, <laughs> and <laughs> you can do it. So I was listening to your voice in my head. It's only one day. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> So we woke up at 3.45 a.m. And actually, the night before, my maid of honor stayed in the room with me. And we got another room for my groom, my husband, and his brother to stay in. And so the groomsmen could then get ready. My maid of honor and I woke up at 3.45 a.m. Hair and makeup got there at 4 a.m. And then we were getting ready which it is hard to do. Someone attempted to make coffee with the pot upside down, and we had a mess of coffee everywhere, but <laughs> we, cleaned, we cleaned that up. <laughs> and then at 7 a.m., the charter bus started. So that it went to All-Star Movies and picked up the groom family, and then it came around to Coronado Springs at 7.15 and picked up the groom and the groomsmen, as well as our photographer. And then they went to Epcot. And at 7.30 a.m., they started taking photos in Canada. And then at 7.45 a.m., a van came and picked up me and my bridesmaids and my family, my immediate family. And then we went to... Canada. And at 8 a.m., we started taking photos there and they tucked the groom and everyone away so they didn't see us. And at 8.15 a.m., the charter bus went back to All-Star Movies and started picking up the guests. So they picked them up and then 8.30 a.m. went to Coronado Springs and picked up my guests from there and got them to Epcot. And at 9 a.m., we had a beautiful ceremony, and then at 9.30 a.m., the guests started traveling on the bus to the Living Seas Salon, and then we stayed for pictures. And then at about 10 a.m., the cocktail hour began. Um, since we were having a mini wishes, it was more like a cocktail half hour, <laughs> But that began, so the guests were doing that. And at about 10, 15 a.m., the rest of us that were taking pictures then got on the bus and got over to the Living Seas Salon. And then my grandma and my mom and my maid of honor, they were all working on bustling my dress. And then at 10.30 a.m., they introduced us, and we had our first dance. And then we had the toast. At 11 a.m., they started serving brunch. And then 11.45 a.m., we did the father-daughter dance and then the mother-son dance. And at 12.15 p.m., we cut the cake. And then at 12.30 p.m., we had an anniversary dance. So they had all of the married couples come to the dance floor and they said, if you've been married less than a day, <laughs> leave the dance floor. <laughs> if you've been married less than a year, leave the dance floor until they had one couple left. And then that couple 
gave a speech uh, to essentially their guidance on how they stayed married so long. And that was really cool because my aunt and uncle won and, and they had very good words of wisdom, which is basically life is full of ups and downs and you work together to deal with them. So that was pretty cool. And then at um, 12.45 p.m., my dad actually sang the last song of the night. So he gave a little speech and then he sang Somewhere Beyond the Sea. Um, Yeah, so that was pretty cool since we're in the Living Sea Salon. And if you listen to, and it's, you know, it's in Nemo, so it's a Disney song. And if you listen to the lyrics, it it really does talk about a couple that's been apart and they're together now. And and that's really our story. So that was really special. Um, And then at one, uh, the bus, the van, and the town car (laughs) came to take everyone back to All-Star Movies and Coronado Springs. Um, So that ended that. But then at 5 p.m. that night, we all got back together And we had a really awesome dinner at Maya Grill at our hotel, Coronado Springs. And that was a lot of fun because um, pretty much everyone came there. And Coronado Springs was awesome. They have like kind of a a little room in the middle of the restaurant that they ended up putting us in. And we took up the whole room. And it was just so much fun. And we had a lot of fun. That's great. Do you have any menu item or cake flavor recommendations from your reception? Yes. So everything was amazing. I learned again from your podcast that you can ask them to do specialties from around Disney World. So we had to have Mickey waffles. And we also asked them to do Tonga toast. And that was a big hit. So that was really good. And then we had an omelet bar, which was delicious. And the thing that stands out the most to me was the lobster mac and cheese was amazing. Um, it had really big chunks of lobster, and I really wish I could have some right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then our cake, we had red velvet with cream cheese frosting. And then we had um, marble cake with chocolate frosting and orange cake with dark chocolate frosting. And those were delicious. Yeah. (laughs) So when you were planning, what were the most important aspects where you focused your budget and your attention and the least important aspects where you saved your time or money? So the thing that was most important to me was staying on budget. So I really wanted to make sure I didn't go over the minimum expenditures. So we focused on what we needed first, and that was obviously food, but that was pretty easy to stay at the minimum there since it's $100 per person. Um, That's a lot of money to work with. So between the food, the drinks, and the cake, um, that was pretty easy to, first of all, meet, and then second of all, have these awesome food items and stay at our minimum. Then we were required to provide transportation since we're getting married in the park. We spent money on that, which I kind of talked about earlier. For transportation, we had the one chartered bus. We had a one-way van 
each way, and then we had a one-way town car. So we we spent money on that. And then after we kind of met the essentials, then we added the bar, and we did do the bill on consumption bar, which we did get money back on that. So that was awesome. So thank you for that tip. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was able to add in florals since we still hadn't met our our minimums yet. And if it were up to me, I would have had, you know, amazing centerpieces, but we were on a budget, so it just didn't work out that way. So what I kind of learned with Disney and the floral, because you might go into it thinking they're not going to work with you on the budget, but the floral, I told them everything I wanted and they sent me how much it would be. And then I wrote back and said, well, is there anything we can do? Because this is really my budget. And they really worked with me to fit my budget. So that was really awesome. So don't be scared to ask questions would be my advice. But we were able to actually make the bouquets a little smaller. And we did smaller centerpieces. And um, I really wanted flower petals in the aisle. So what they were originally quoting me for was this beautiful kind of scroll design. But they said that that was actually what was costing so much was they would have to do that design. So they took the design out and just put flower petals down the aisle, which is really all I needed anyways. And it was much cheaper. And then another thing we did was we added larger table to the Living Seas Salon because it comes with tables that sit six people and we really wanted bigger tables because it just wasn't working out for our seating assignments. They said they could give us the tables for free but then we'd have to pay extra for the table cloth but when we ended up doing the math it actually worked out because we had less centerpieces so it really was the same price and we wanted the bigger tables anyways and that worked out for me because then I could have blue tablecloths that matched my colors so that was pretty cool and then we also then wanted a photographer so we ended up using an outside vendor for photography and that was Randy Chapman And he's awesome. He is actually, I think, about half the price of what it would cost to do Disney photography. And he's been doing Disney weddings for, I believe, well over a decade. So he really knows what shots to get and how to do it. And he was really awesome. So that really helped out. One thing that we did end up splurging on, (laughs) that was against my wishes I guess was a dance floor because when we went to look at the Living Seas Salon there isn't a dance floor there's just carpet there uh, which doesn't seem like a problem to me but my husband seemed to think no one would dance and my dad seemed to think it would be hard to dance on carpet so they got together and decided we needed to spend $600 to get a dance floor, which wasn't something I had originally accounted for since I had been working so hard to fit this in the budget. 
But at the end of the day, we made it work and we got it in the budget and they got their dance floor and everyone danced and no one fell. I don't know if anyone would have fallen on carpet or <laughs> if, if they wouldn't have danced. I think it probably would have been fine, but they were happy. So then I guess I'm happy too. <laughs> <laughs> so what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? Oh, well, like everyone always says, it is hard to pick. Honestly, I think just that moment when we walked in the back entrance to Epcot and we were there and I was just so happy because we're in Epcot and we're there with for my wedding with my favorite people in the world. And I just kept saying, we're in Epcot. We're in Epcot. <laughs> um, so that was awesome. And then when we got to the actual ceremony and I'm marrying the man of my dreams and I realized, you know, everything that we've worked for is happening and I'm in the ceremony and I'm saying my vows. Um, I just got kind of choked up and I tried everything I could not to cry and I did pull it together. Um, but that was a, a, a really good memory. And also after the ceremony, um, my husband and I were taking pictures. Uh, they took us over after we took pictures in Canada, they took us over to the UK and we got some pictures there before we went out the back gate to the bus. And he leaned over to me and he thanked me for having the idea to have a Disney wedding. Um, and that just made me start crying again because <laughs> I was just so happy to know that he was having as much fun as, as I was. And it meant as much to him as the day was meaning to me. And then just one, one more. Um, <laughs> at the wedding my husband and his mom, when they did the mother-son dance, they stole the show. They actually had choreographed a dance to uh, the original version of Wild Wild West. <laughs> um, and they, everyone went crazy. They loved it. And it was just a lot of fun because they had been practicing for every week, a couple months leading up to the wedding. And they did such a good job. <laughs> That's great. I hope somebody got that on video. They got it on video and it has like thousands of views already. So they, <laughs> everyone loved it. <laughs> so did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? So the only thing that I guess didn't turn out how I expected was it was extremely hot and humid and planning leading up to it my mom kept voicing her concern that it would be too hot and maybe we should consider moving the ceremony inside but I was so excited to get married in Epcot and I said well you know it's in the morning we'll be out there just for a little while it's probably going to be okay but it was very hot and very humid um, and I didn't account for the fact that we would be taking pictures before the ceremony. Since we didn't do a first look, I didn't know they would still get us in there to take some pictures, which was good for time purposes. But we were very hot and 
having to <laughs> wipe sweat off of us. And actually, my maid of honor, she went up to the wedding planner and begged her to get us in some air conditioning before we walked down the aisle. So luckily, they were able to get us in the cellier. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that was very cool because it had AC and very cool because I'm a Disney fan. <laughs> so <laughs> it was cool to be like, oh, we're in the cellier. But they let us cool off and use the bathroom in there. So that was good. So I'm thankful to my maid of honor for doing that. And then they brought us up and looking at Canada, on the right-hand side, there is that building. And that's where they kind of stashed us before we walked down the aisle. And we were just in the blazing sun right there. So it was kind of beating down on us. And um, my poor ring bearer was like I just want to go to the pool (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I was shading myself and my dad with my bouquet (laughs) and he's giving me the handkerchief to wipe myself down before we walked down the aisle so it was so hot it would have been nice and I don't even know if they can do this but it would have been nice if they had a big umbrella or something for us to stand under until we walked down the aisle but luckily once we went around that building and walked down the aisle, the whole ceremony was in shade. So my guests were shaded and we were shaded during the ceremony. So it was really just leading up to it that we were having some issues. Okay. Was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then turned out not to be? I was very nervous that the guests were not going to make the bus. So I was stressing to everyone, you have to make the bus. If you don't make the bus, you won't make the ceremony. You'll miss the whole wedding. So I'm sure they thought I was crazy repeating that to them often. But I told everyone. I put it in a a handout I sent out. I, I made a whole schedule for the whole week for everyone. I put it in there. And then actually the night before the wedding, my mom made copies of what I had sent out to everyone and she got a marker and she circled everyone's times and where they should be to get the bus and wrote on there that they need to bring their ID because when you go through the back entrance, they tell you to bring your ID just in case security needs to see it. So she was just letting everyone know. So we did all of that and then and then no one missed the bus. Everyone made it to the wedding. So It feels like maybe we didn't have to worry so much, but on the same note, it feels like maybe because we worried so much and did so much to remind people that that's why no one missed the bus. So I don't know, it could go either way, but that was certainly something I worried about. And then the other thing that was kind of stressful that I was worrying about uh, was that Pretty much other people are not on your same time frame. (laughs) So as a bride, you might be thinking, oh, this is so important. This is really important. We got to get this done. We got to get this done. But it's a little bit stressful ahead of time when other people are dragging their feet on doing their end of what has to be done to get things done for your wedding. So that was very stressful to me. But in the moment, on the day of, 
I didn't think about any of that. So that might have been something that I was worrying about too much. Although, again, at the same time, you're the bride, so it's not going to be as important to anyone else but you. So you kind of have to be the one to stay on top of everyone to get things done. And I think that, you know, because of me doing that, nothing really fell through and and we had everything we needed on the day of. Right. Do you have any tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms? Yes. I actually have a lot of advice. (laughs) My biggest thing is that everyone should listen to your podcast. And they should go back and listen to every single episode because it's honestly because of you that I was able to have my dream wedding. And yeah, so thank you so much for all of your advice and tips and everything. And I really feel strongly that everyone should go back. And I have a few of my favorites that would I think would be helpful to everyone is they should go back and listen to the podcast you did on the differences between the bars, because that really did help me to figure out to do the bill on consumption and because of that, like I mentioned earlier, we were able to get money back. So that was a good podcast. The cake podcast is good because we figured out we should actually probably eat the top tier of the cake, um, <laughs> which was a big deal. <laughs> so we had to go over that with the wedding planner many times because apparently other brides have said they wanted to do that, but then they changed their minds. And after they cut it, it's too late to go back. So they wouldn't put that in my BEO that I wanted to eat the top tier. They would say, check with the bride to see, but they wouldn't change it. So that was kind of funny. Um, But it actually worked out that I think they overestimate how much cake you will need for the amount of guests you have. They do. Yeah. So, which is kind of frustrating. But it worked out because then they came up to me and said, oh, well, we will have enough cake to leave your top tier if you would like. I said, okay, that's fine. And, you know, we couldn't really travel with it. So we just took it to dinner that night and cut the cake and passed it out at dinner. So that was kind of fun. That's great. Yeah. And then your podcast that goes over all of the wedding packages is so helpful. So everyone listen to that. And then demystifying the room block. That is a good one because OMG, <laughs> the room block was mystifying. <laughs> so, uh, but my advice for that is to use a travel agency outside of Disney, which I learned from your podcast. So we actually were able to find cheaper room prices through a different travel agency and the guests are able to purchase the dining plan, which they can't do if you book through Disney weddings. And also we were given better discounts on park passes through the travel agency and every room that your guests book through that travel agency still counts towards your free night with Disney You just have a Disney travel agent. It might be a little more work because you have to then tell them, oh, this person booked, this person booked. But to me, it was worth it because um, my guests 
got cheaper prices. But I would just give a little tip to everyone is make sure you find a good travel agency and a good travel agent because our travel agent wasn't very, what I like to say, Disney. Mm. (laughs) Um, She didn't go above and beyond to help us. And then I ended up having to go above and beyond to fix things that she had done an error for a lot of guests. So it's kind of a balance. I mean, the Disney travel agent we had was amazing. And if we could have done it through him, it probably would have been easier. But I was able to get better prices for my guests. So I think at the end of the day, it was worth it. My last tip is just that you should definitely join the Diz Bride Facebook group because they have past, present, and future brides that are so helpful. Any questions you have that you can't figure out, you can just post in that group. And instantly, so many people will have answers and suggestions and things you never thought of. And it's just so great because they're just like us where a Disney wedding is their dream. So um, it was amazing. And you can also find really cool vendors in there that, again, they love Disney and they love weddings and they're very helpful. So that is definitely something everyone should do is join the Disride Facebook group. That's great advice. Well, Holly, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story today. I think it's been really instructive with a lot of great tips for anyone who's planning a wishes event at Walt Disney World or any kind of wedding at Walt Disney World. And I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com.